Uh, if you've got a, a Bible, Luke chapter two is where we're going to be today. And, um, and I have just a couple more messages left this year. All right. And uh, this one and then next week. And, uh, and they all kind of, these four messages, uh, they're usually similar every year because I like, again, it's, it's kind of like Easter time. You like to share the story. And as I shared at the, at the musical, <clears throat> there's a couple of things, right? It's, it's always what I talk about. It's who Christ is, what he came to do. And so, and they're, and they're forever, they're forever linked, right? Christmas and Easter are forever linked. Uh, I will never, ever talk about Christmas that I don't talk about Easter too, and then vice versa. At Easter time, I'm going to talk, I'm going to bring up Christmas because the other, neither one makes sense without the other one, right? And you'll see that especially today because, um, Today, again, I'm just going to just lay it out very simply today, very straightforward. And my hope and prayer is that everybody here uh, and everybody watching, by the way, welcome those of you who are online watching, and uh, we'll be able to understand this, this picture today. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I talked about, about, about again, who, who is Jesus? And, and Emmanuel, God with us, right? Uh, the word became flesh, dwelt among us, right? I love that passage, and, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, and the Almighty God, right? Therefore, it, it, it boggles the imagination, right? It's hard for me to get my arms around the fact that the Almighty, all-powerful God st- stepped into, into a human infant. But that is, that is the concept, that is what's taught. That is what the scripture teaches. That's what Jesus himself claimed. That's the prophecy that was shared in Isaiah 9. For unto us a a child is born, son is given. His name will be called Everlasting Father. So that which is eternal stepped into time, right? That which had no beginning had a beginning. Yeah, try to get your arms around those things. It's called the incarnation. So it became who Jesus is. And so it's going to make what I share with you today come alive. Because what he came to do is powerful. But unless you understand who he is, it seems like kind of a, a pipe dream. Right? It's like, uh, okay, yeah. But when you put the two together, it's like, okay, that makes perfect sense. That's why I love to share the two together. So, so today, um, today's title is Our Greatest Needs. Last week we talked about seeking and, and, you know, the wise men, you know, and to seek and, and all of those things. Uh, next week is just, you know, come all you faithful, right? What does it mean to believe, right? And that'll be next week. But this week is our greatest needs. And therefore, therefore Christ, his mission and what he came to do was to, was to meet our greatest needs. And I want to talk about three of them. And I have shared this with you before. And, um, and you can share it in all kinds of ways. Like number one, I'm going to share with you is forgiveness, right? Um, the three I'm going to share with you today is forgiveness, right? Purpose and life are three greatest needs, but you can always, you can also share it in past forgiveness in your past purpose for your present and life for your future. It's, it's all how you want to look at it, but it's your three greatest needs and they have to do with past, present and future. Uh, which is all, all, which covers about all of it, right? But the quick question is, how can he meet that need? Right? How can he meet that need? 
You know, the joke I love to share is like if one of you came up to me and said, hey, Pastor, I'm, I'm really counting on you. I'm really trusting you. I said, well, I'll try. And, you said, and, and then you look at me and you say, you know, I, I need a million dollars. Okay. You're in trouble, right? Because what you're trusting in doesn't have the capability to come through, right? So you have, in order to do what you do, you have to be, you have to be capable. And that is the story of Christmas and Easter together, right? So what does it mean to forgive? In fact, even Jesus himself was accused when they looked at him and, and they looked at Jesus and said, who are you to forgive? Only God can forgive sins, right? Okay, well, if Jesus really was who he says he was, then it makes sense that that could happen. So I wanna just walk, 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 walk through this with you, right? And, and it's just real straightforward, just so you know. I, I've, always, I've always had a couple. If you're not a believer here today, or if you're watching and you're not a believer, this will, this will make sense. You will get this peace. Uh, and I, that's all that really matters to me is that you understand. Guys, I went to church most of my life and never got it. But you will understand today if you want to know, right? If you want to know. And so, and so that's what I wanted to dive into, just this, this, these, these looks, right? And, let you, and just let you get it, let you understand. So let's read the passage, all right? Luke chapter two and verse one. Uh, this is the one you hear often, right? And uh, we'll share it with the children up here on Christmas Eve. It's the one that if you've been in church at all, you've heard this, right? And it says this, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus uh, that all the world should be registered, all right? This was the first res registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria, right? And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up, from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea in the city of David, uh, which is called Bethlehem. The word Bethlehem, just Beth, or if you will, in Hebrew, Bet, just means house. Uh, Lechem, all right, just means bread. So Bethlehem means house of bread, all right? Just so you know, all right? I gotta, I, I'm not on my notes. I've got to get back to where I am, all right? Uh, so I, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, right? Who was with child, that is, they weren't married yet, right? And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to a firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them uh, in the inn. A manger, um, it's interesting. I will tell you this, all right? Again, off notes. But, I, you know, the, it's so amazing how we've westernized such a Middle Eastern culture. Uh, I have been to this area of the world. In fact, I was at Megiddo and old, they're just, it's just a big ruins. And they unearthed a lot of horse stables there. And we walked through some of the ancient horse stables, they think from the time of Solomon, but we definitely know from the time of the Romans. And, and then my tour guide that was walking us through Megiddo just looked and said, that's a manger. And then boy, things really made sense. Because it's, when you're in a horse stall, Right? What they would do, because everything over there is a rock. It's one big rock, in case you don't know the area. I mean, when you see them throwing rocks at each other on TV, they will never run out of rocks, okay? And so 
what it was is this big granite rock or big whatever rock, and then they would, they would chisel out and they would carve out this little concave, like half an egg, right? And then when they would bring the horses in, they would put water in that little basin, and then they would, they would fill it with food, with oats or hay or whatever. So it makes perfect sense that Christ uh, was born in a stable, but it's not like a Western like us, you know, where, where wood's plentiful. It was, it was much different. And, and so therefore a manger, it makes sense why she would put him there because she can put straw in it, right? And a baby would fit perfect like a bassinet. And it just all came. It's not this little wooden thing, you know, uh, that we use, right? And, and so the, the thought here though, guys, and then I'll, I'll get back to where I want to go today, right? The, the great thing about this is that hum, hum, humble humility. Imagine now that we're thinking on the vein, don't miss this, who Jesus is. Now think about where he was born and what was his first bassinet. He was born in a barn and he was put in a feeding trough, right? That's the picture. I just want you to get it. And humility, right? Humility. Because you have this picture throughout scriptures. You have the picture of his first, the humility of his, of his first coming. But his second coming will be a triumphant one. It will, not, it will not take on that role at all. It'll be the exact opposite. And so for those of you who have ears to hear, it's something that later maybe we can come back to and take a look at the, the differences between his first coming and second because it's powerful difference, right? All right, so, sorry. That's my mind. That's where I just keep going, all right? But we're gonna come back to where we're gonna talk about today. But I just want you to hear a few Christmassy things, right? All right, good. She gave birth to him, all right? Laid him in a manger because there's no place from then. The same region, there were shepherds, all right? Out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, what all angels say? Fear not, right? Uh, for behold, I bring you good news. So first look at the, at the word gospel. The word gospel, it just means good news, okay? I bring you good news instead of great joy, which is for everybody, right? It's for everybody. For unto you is born this day, today, in the city of David, a savior. And he's the one. He's the Christ, the Messiah, okay? But here's the, here's the word I wanna camp on because believe it or not, it's not a word that is used all that often in the scriptures. Lord is used often, Christ obviously is used really often. But the word savior is only mentioned a handful of times, although we talk about it all the time. But what does that mean? Well, again, I love simplicity, right? All right, so that's why you former ADD people like coming and hearing me, all right? Because I want you to, oh, this simplicity. We, we go to the word savior. What is a savior? It's someone who saves. Saves what, right? Obviously the picture here is saving someone's life. So here's the picture of saving someone's life. First of all, this person whose lives need, needs being saved, they can't help themselves. If they could help themselves, then they wouldn't need a savior, okay? 
So a savior is one who helps, right? When, when without their help, you would be lost, right? Die, whatever you wanna call it. So a savior, save them from what? Well, here comes the picture, forgiveness. Save them from their sins is the picture of it. And that becomes the great, great thought is that Christ came into the world to, to forgive sin. You know, our world has gotten so arrogant that they don't think they need forgiveness, right? And I'm here to tell you, people live with enough guilt and fear, and those are the byproducts of sin, by the way. Uh, guilt, fear, arrogance, whatever you wanna call it, those are all byproducts, right, of how we respond to sin in our lives or in others. And, and so those things crop up. But to deny something there doesn't mean it's not there. So we have then this, this thought then, right? Why do we need forgiveness? Well, heaven's a perfect place, right? Heaven's an absolutely perfect place. And um, you need to be perfect to go there, right? And uh, by the way, if you went there and you weren't perfect, you would mess it up. Does that make sense? So, so you've been made perfect. You know, Romans really puts it well, imputed righteousness. Therefore, Christ took your unrighteousness, paid for it, so that forgiveness could be given to you, and therefore you'd be perfect, right? That's the picture here. Let me give you, I, sometimes I love to, I love to, one thing that I used to, I, I, do, I haven't done it in a long time, but I was looking back through some old notes and, and found this, and I used to love to look online and look at letters to Santa. They're classic, all right? I mean, uh, your own children's letters are great, but when you look online, some of them are, are classic. I want, you to, I want you to see one that I found that I wrote down. All right, here it is, here it is. This is a boy, a boy who's writing a letter to Santa. He says, dear Santa, right? There are three boys uh, living at my house, right? Jeffrey's two, David is four, and Norman is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time, but Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. Isn't that classic? That's classic, all right? The problem is, is that there aren't any Normans, all right? Let's face it, there just aren't any. And, uh, and, and, and so there's need, there's a huge need there. You know, if our greatest need was information, then God would have sent an educator, right? If our greatest need was technology, he would have sent a scientist. If, if our greatest need was, was finances, he would have sent an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But see, that wasn't in our greatest need. Our greatest need was a savior. So he sent us Jesus. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him, that's next week, by the way, how do you do that? How do you do that, believe him? What does that mean? That's next week, all right? But everyone who believes in him, here we go, receives forgiveness of sins through what? Through his name, that is, through who he is. Right, there it is in one verse. Who he is and what he came to do. It's real important for you and I to understand. Now, now, that was a big deal in my life personally. 
But number two is, was the biggest change in me, right? The absolute biggest change that came into my life was when I got this piece, number two, is purpose. That is an answer for my present. That is living right now. And I want you to hear this, because I wanna share for a few minutes here. And I want you to kind of hear some of the things that came into my life and, and let you get this, this particular piece, because everybody wants and wants to think that their purpose is worth it. So when I, and I mean, these are some philosophical questions. Sometimes people, I don't wanna think about that because there's no answer without Christ. That's why people don't wanna talk about it, right? But when you ask the question, what do you, what do you feel your purpose is, right? What, what brings meaning? Why, why do we even ask those questions? Because, because, because you were created with that. That's what you were created with, with a desire to, that your life means something. But the problem is, is it seems like we can't find anything that matches up with what we're looking for. Let me give you a for instance, right? I, I grew up and I went to church, but I would, I, again, I've told you this before, I was a Democrat believer. So I immersed myself into the life of, into, into life of sports, right? I did. That's, in fact, more importantly, football, right? It became all about that. I signed a scholarship, right, to play college ball uh, at, a, at a Division I AA school, is what we called it then. And, and I went off to play college and I immersed everything into it. Now, I want to go ahead and tell you this, right, is that, is that I was, I was a terrible student. I, it wasn't because I, I couldn't do it, it's just I didn't want to. School, right? I, d I just didn't. I did just enough to stay eligible, right? And so I immersed myself into this game, right? Now, three surgeries in two years, and I was done. And I want you to think on this for a second. I'd poured everything into this and it was gone. It was temporary. And guys, I know a lot of you are younger in this room. What happens is, is that you have to keep changing purposes because nothing is big enough to fit what you're looking for. I mean, can you imagine going around and saying, well, my purpose in life is playing a dumb game. For me, it was football. I mean, really? Your whole life is about that? See, it sounds really trite. Why? Because you were made for more. God created you for bigger things than the little things that occupy our time now. That's why you're never satisfied with it. You'll never be satisfied with it. What it well, my purpose is making money. Well, God bless you. Let's say that you do get there. I promise you, I can line up 50 people that'll tell you you're gonna be disappointed if you get there. Well, my, you know, well, my purpose is being a dad, being a mom. Okay, great. But remember, it is temporary. If you do it right, they leave. <laughs> right? If you mess it up, they'll stay. But if you do it right, I mean, I don't want to be ugly, but you know what I'm talking about. You, you, and then all of a sudden, your purpose is gone. And that's why so many marriages struggle because everything was based around that role. That became your purpose. Because it's not big enough. It's not big enough for what you're looking for. I promise you. 
right? Amazing how it works. Jesus said in John chapter 14, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. This is Jesus talking. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father is going to send you, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I've said to you, right? And here's what he says in verse 27. I'm gonna leave you peace. What is peace? See, this is, this is where people miss at this time of the year, you know, because it's still politically correct in the store to put up peace on earth. Because what they're thinking is lack of war, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about what Jesus said here. Peace I'm leaving with you. In other words, here we go, contentment with who you are and what you're doing. Guys, that changed my life. I tell you what, a whole new world opened up for me. Boredom was something I ran from because nothing could ever occupy me long enough because then it would run out and nah, that's not it, that's not it, right? When I became a believer, this was the biggest change in my life. Yes, sins were forgiven. I needed that, I understood that, but the change came when I got the whole purpose. I've got a reason for being here. And you can lean your ladder up against the wall and you can make it all the way to the top, but I'm here to tell you guys, if it's anything that's temporary, it's gonna disappoint you, right? Why, because it's not big enough to fill what you're looking for. It's amazing. Peace I leave with you. My peace I, I give to you. In other words, if you're mine, all right, I'm gonna give you some real peace, contentment. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And that will change a person's life when you are plugged into a place that you get fulfillment from, right? Guys, this is never talked about. Forgiveness is always talked about. The last one, eternal life, that's always talked about. But this is the one people skip, and I don't know why they skip it, because it has the biggest impact on why you're here, on why you're here, why you're here too. And we long to have some fulfillment. And most of the time we just get little drops here and there, but you get discontent as quick as you get content. And you wonder, is there anything? That's why people get cynical and other things, right? I'm gonna leave you peace, right? Now look what he says here. Not the kind of peace that what? The world's gonna give you. Now what is, what, why did Jesus say that? Because what the world gives you is a fix. You know what I mean by fix? It's a fix, but it always returns with a bigger appetite. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a, thank you. <laughs> and and that's, that's why Jesus said, hey, this is, not, this is not what I'm giving you. This is not what I've come to give you, I promise no. In fact, in fact if that's what you're looking for, then that, I mean, you'll never find what I want to give you. I can tell you this, and guys, it has not been perfect. Yes, I've been discouraged. Yes, I've, all of the things I've had the gamut as being a believer. But the one thing that changed me literally more than anything else was this whole new world opened up of a purpose. Now, not just because I'm a pastor and I teach God's word, but if you make widgets, right? 
I've always wondered what widgets are. All right, but you know, when I was in business school, they talked about widgets. Like, could you show me a picture of a widget? But, but if you make widgets for a living, your life has purpose because you're to bring glory to God as you make widgets. And you'll be amazed at the people you impact around you. Purpose. And then when you watch God use you, peace, contempt, it just is amazing how it works, how, how everything works out. You never know what God's going to do and how he's going to use you, usually in ways you never dreamed. It's amazing how it works. Not like the world gives you. What happens when you get the peace the world gives? Well, he tells you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And, don't, and also, don't let yourself be afraid. Right? Anxiety and fear grip the world in which you and I live. And it usually comes from people whose purpose is temporary because they live in fear of when it's going to be taken away. Are you hearing me? This relationship I have, this job I have, this whatever. Guys, even, well, you know, some people say, well, you know, my purpose is helping others. Okay, great. But let me tell you what, that gets old after a while. If any of you have ever helped others long and you deal with all the ingratitude and all the other stuff, right? It gets old. But listen to me. When you have his purpose, you help other people to glorify him. Right? And even if, if there is no gratitude, that doesn't affect you. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about me doing what he's called me to do. And all of a sudden, contentment flows into your life and peace, not perfectly. Why? Because you're not perfect. But that changed my life more than anything. As I told you before, I was a terrible student. And by the way, that's not good. I have educators in the room and I will get letters because I told them that that's not good. You need to try hard in school, study all the rest. Education's important. It's just not that important. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're an educator, you can go that road It'll be empty. Solomon told you that one, right? I, I amassed wisdom more than anybody around me and I found that it was what? Meaningless. Interesting, huh? Why? Because you got to have purpose to all of it. Anyway, so I became a believer 21 years old, again, and, and I finished college. Again, I, told, I got a business degree, right? And, um, and but, but I knew the Lord was calling me uh, to to some sort of a ministry. Didn't know what it was. I thought it would always be with like students, you know, uh, because I, first thing that when I became a believer, they started having me go around sharing to public high schools, uh, athletes, Fellowship of Christian Athletes was where I was. Where, and so I just loved and fell in love and they put me in charge of a inner city school in Memphis, Tennessee, Washington Carver High School. I was the FCA leader at Washington Carver High School. and. God, I fell in love with a group of kids that nobody cared about. Absolutely fell in love. And, and, and as God used me in that, I hadn't been a believer but eight months, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I, they told me, you know, well, Jeff, if you're gonna do this for a living, you, you've, got to, you've got to go back to school. I'm like, oh, Lord, are you sure? 
I have to go to school again. I thought I was done with that. And because whole new life. Because when I got back to school this time, look at me, look at me. There was purpose. And I was amazed what I could do when there was a point behind what I was doing. Guys, I wound up being a great student. Good student. <laughs> I made great grades, because it's amazing what you can do when you're interested in the subject, right? And so, purpose, purpose, drive, passion, comes from knowing that what you're doing has, has a point, right? And guys, for so many, the reason we get bored is because you were meant for a whole lot more than what you're doing now. I just want you to hear it out loud. I just want you to hear it out loud, right? Luke 2, 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth what? among those whom he is pleased. What do you mean he's pleased? Well, those who have put their faith and trust in Christ are forgiven. They become perfect. Not because they're perfect, because Christ has made them that way. He took their sin, right, right? That is to whom he's pleased. Therefore, those that are his, he's gonna send peace your way. Problem is, sometimes believers start running after the wrong things and they wonder why they start being discontent right? Incredible. Just great stuff when you see it. Now, number three, number three is life. Life. This is the one you hear a lot about, right? This is one, this is the one that you hear on, but to me, when I say that the, the middle one changed my life the most, but that's just temporary. This right here will ultimately change all of our life the, the most. Because when you have life, Again, it's like what I shared at the musical. It's, I think I invented this saying, don't look it up because I may have heard it from somewhere else. But um, if you've got an answer to death, you don't have any problems, right? They're just, they're just annoyances. And so life, life, an answer to death. You know, there are a few things in my life that, that when they, when they happened to me, they changed me pretty much forever. One, most of, by far, was when I became a believer. But when I got married, that was, that was one of them. It just, it changes everything. Um, and children changed a lot. But uh, one that really was life-changing for me was, was this year in March. Um, I, lost, I, lost, I lost my dad in March. And when it happened, um, it, I was fine. Okay, no problem, right? No problem. But I'm that, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm maybe weird, whatever, but I, I'm that personality that it, 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 didn't, it didn't really dump on top of me until a couple months later. I don't know why I'm like that, this delayed grief or whatever, because I was fine for a while, you know, because I looked at it, because he was really, really hurting and suffering and it was a blessing, but and so I just kind of told myself, but then it all hit me. In this overwhelming sense, you know, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Guys, I've never really been there before. Obviously doing what I do, I've, 
I've done a whole lot of funerals and I've been with a whole lot of people who have lost people. But, but this thing, I don't see how people do it who don't have an answer, right? I don't see how they cope if they don't have Christ. I really don't. Uh, because all my grief has, has been, been about me, right? Because dad wouldn't come back if he had the chance, right? And therefore, it's all about me missing him. It's all just about loss. And, um, but if I thought it was over, I, I get it now. That's why the scripture says that you and I don't have to grieve like other people grieve who don't have any hope, right? And so it's a powerful thing, this thing called life, right? In Hebrews 9, verse 27, and just as it is appointed uh, for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment, everybody knows this. You were created with it. Everybody in the room lives in fear, right? That one day you'll have to answer for the way you lived, all right? Both what you did and what you didn't do kind of thing, right? All of us live in that fear, right? If we're willing to be honest, right? And in fact, I even hear people who don't, aren't even believers. I've even heard atheists say, well, I wouldn't wanna be him when judgment day comes. Right, because we know, we know down deep that one day we'll answer, right? And, um, and that's the beauty, right, of, of what Christ gives us. You see, well, let's read the rest of it so I don't, I don't skip it because I'm bad about that, all right? Just as it's appointed for man to die once and after that, the judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, because he's already dealt with that, but to save those, right? That is to give life to those. So see, you and I haven't truly experienced the third gift yet. It's already yours if you're his, but you haven't experienced it yet. My dad has. That's why he wouldn't come back if he had the chance. Once you, once you experience that one, it, 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 I, you know, just reading through the scriptures, and that, 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 that's what he's meaning there, right? He'll appear a second time, not to deal with sin, while well, it's already done, but those who are waiting for him, right? Powerful to think on. Now, how can Christ do that? What are his credentials to be able to offer such a gift? Guys, you can offer this stuff, but the question is not whether you can offer it, but can you come through? Well, being who he is, almighty God, right? For unto us a child is born, and his name will be called Almighty God, Everlasting Father. So the one who can offer this would be the one who, who controls that, right? God in the flesh, those type things. So this makes this gift possible because of who he is. Guys, this has been the point of me sharing yeah, I can stand up here and talk about, you know, you know what Christ can do for you, whatever, whatever. But if you don't understand who he is, then you're gonna have constant doubts. You may have doubts anyway, but you're gonna have constant doubts. How can, how can one man do that? If you understand who he is, it makes perfect sense. 
It's an amazing thing when you put those together and who he's promised and what he's promised for us. Right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, so love motivating him, that he gave his only son. Right? Emmanuel, God with us. That whoever believes in him, that's next week, should not perish. That is, you'll have an answer to death. It's powerful. It hasn't happened yet, but it's promised, just like everything else is promised. Right? But eternal life, eternity. There's only one that controls that, right? Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Why did he not, you know, a lot of people say that, but he didn't, why? Because it's condemned already. You don't have to come condemn it. That's why I try not to be condemning so much. Everybody knows it who's willing to think, right? That's why so many live in fear because they know what everybody's capable of, right? But he didn't send it, but obviously in the world that might be saved, there's the savior piece. For unto you is born in the city of David a savior. So you put all those three together and that becomes the message to you. Okay, I'm just about to be done. I wanna share with you a couple of things that you can pick up on your way out and a couple other things, but I want you to hear this, okay? I, I want you to see that this message is for you personally. And I shared this at the musical and I share this often because I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it often is that no church owns this message. The Baptists don't own it, the Catholics, the Presbyterians and, and Pentecostals and whoever else I may have missed, they don't own this message. This is his message. And it's his message to you personally. You know, I've heard people say sometimes, well, I don't know, but there's so many hypocrites. Okay, it's not a message to the hypocrites. It's a message to you, right? Don't let other people get in the way of you hearing his message to you. Interesting, huh? So I just want you to hear it. That's his message to you. So what does it mean? It means to believe. Again, I'm gonna to talk to you a lot more about that next week, but I need to tell you about what it means now. Just simply put your faith trust. Why? Because you can't earn that, okay? You can't earn that gift, right? Forgiveness, purpose, and life. You can't earn that. You can't be good enough to deserve it, right? If you really truly understand, it makes sense. That's why it had to be grace. What does grace mean? It's a gift, a gift you don't deserve, but is given to you because he loves you so much. Therefore, the only way to get it into your life, the scripture says, it says by grace through faith. We're going to talk a lot about that next week. Therefore, faith is what gets it into your life. So as we as we think on that, then how does one get that in their life? Well, a lot of times we use prayer, all right? Why? Because prayer in and of itself is an act of faith, right? And therefore, it doesn't always mean because you can just parrot words and it means nothing. But if it truly is the faith of your heart, then that's what the scripture says. Interesting. So as we close today, right? This is how we're gonna close. And uh, just giving you that opportunity. God's been a lot of things going on around us. The night of hope, a whole lot of people put their faith and trust in Christ, right? The Christmas musical, we had a whole lot of folks there, right? 
and, uh, and just the ones that came up to me afterwards that told me they put their faith and trust in Christ. I wanna give you a chance this morning and then we'll be done. So go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes. And if there's never been a time in your life you put your faith and trust in him, I just, again, just in your own heart, silence of your own heart, doesn't have to be out loud. Just say, Lord, I understand. Because you can't put your faith in something you don't understand. I understand who Christ is and I understand what he came to do for me. Lord, that's where I put my faith. They don't have to be those words. It can be your own words, it doesn't matter. God knows the intent of your heart. You can't fool him, right? That is what this time of year is about. It's just got lost in all the other stuff. If you're at home watching, you can do the same right at home, all right? Lord, I trust you in who Christ is and what he came to do. And if you do that, email us, let us know. We'd love to pray for you. We'd also love to send you some things. Same in the room, right? Lord, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for your love for us. And, uh, and God, I just, we look forward to this time of the year because we love sharing the story. And so God, this time is yours. And God, we know if anything good's happened in this room, Lord, it's because it's your son. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, hang on right where you are just for a second. All right. I want to share with you a couple of things as you leave. All right. Um, I used to, I used to do this often and I have forgotten and I wanted to tell you about it. If you're looking at me today and you're saying, hey, um, I don't know that I totally get everything you're saying, Pastor, or don't know if I even believe it, but if you'd like to take something with you, then grab one of these. Literally hundreds of these over the years. Uh, I would probably say thousands, to be honest with you, have, have walked out the door and there's no cost. But it's got some, a few little words in them, but it's got a message that I did. It's much like the one I just did. And it's just a great opportunity for you to, to either hear it again. It's a CD, right? And, um, and I know they're dinosaurs. All right, we'll, we'll give you the non-dinosaur version in just a minute, right? But I've also thought about this time of the year. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and um, they've taken them and they've given them to people. And sometimes the people hang on to them, you know, for months and they just sit somewhere and then they go listen to them. I've, I've met many people um, who, who, who started coming or came to know Christ just because they were at a tough time in their life and they had this. So if you wanna grab some of them on your way out and hand them to folks, and, uh, but what Christmas is, that you're more than welcome to do that. But mainly for this, is for those of you, if you wanna take something with you. Also up on the screens, uh, there's the one that's online, all right? Uh, if uh, it's all online, if you wanna go online and you just type in those things and then this message will come up electronically, you can download it and uh, listen to it that way. But I never ever want anybody leaving who wants to have more or no more uh, that I can't put something in their hands, all right? God bless you. God bless you. You guys have a great day. Looking forward to our holiday season.